I was making, as I was putting together this morning's outline, these five things, do you notice that I just added a bonus there instead of just writing six? I'm not sure why I did that. It's like bonus instead of six. It makes it sound like you won something. So you win an extra one. But uh, we are, uh, uh, these, these kind of came out as I was going. And so that this may be uh, a little bit more specific to what we I mentioned this morning in the uh, in the morning uh, service. So these are not anything new, but it, but just maybe a little bit more pointed uh, and specific. So let's read this passage again, the same passage we read this morning. I really like coming back to these passages and getting a second chance at them and, and just to get another look at them. And I uh, sometimes the passage is so small it's hard to do that, but uh, these these are so rich that there's it's quite easy to, to find some more lesson there. In uh, verse number 13 there, ye are the salt of the earth, and salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Uh, this here, uh, one of the questions that I had in there, and I don't think we'll go through the questions tonight, but uh, they are for consideration, and I would like I would like to encourage you to consider them tonight or tomorrow or whenever you get a chance. Uh, but one of the questions in there, and I, I mentioned it kind of this morning, it's number four there, the attributes of salt and light. Uh, usually whenever I hear this this passage taught, it's some attribute of salt is brought out, uh, mainly the preservation aspect of salt, uh, but it could be the flavoring. It could be, there's a lot of different things. I remember uh, finding a list of five or six things that uh, that salt did that someone had equated with spiritual uh, matters and uh, there, there may be some. We did not bring any up this morning, but uh, if you if you think about them, uh, that that might be helpful to just kind of, as it says here, to explain the Christian life. Uh, like I said, they're they're not necessarily listed, but I don't think it's inappropriate to try to draw connections there, as long as we're not stretching too far to try to make it uh, make it uh, bad. I, I do think of uh, nowadays when we say that someone is salty. That doesn't necessarily mean what Jesus is, and so I don't want to call. I was I was thinking about calling it like salty Christians or something, but today that means something different than it would have meant when Jesus meant it there. But uh, it does. He, he did, I believe, have some specific things in mind to those listeners as they uh, heard him there on the on the mountainside, and I think their minds were drawn exactly where he wanted them to go when he talked to them about salt. Light is a little bit easier to understand because light has one purpose, and light is used over and over and over in the Scriptures. From the Psalms, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, describing how the Scripture guides us, literally gives us light in the darkness all the way through the prophecies of Messiah and even in the Gospel of John. It's a lot easier to dwell on the light than it is the salt, and that's actually what we're going to do. But uh, when we look at this from the aspect of discipleship, uh, it may be easier to see it from the light aspect than this, than the salt. Uh, let's read the, the light verses there, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a, on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When he says there to let it so shine, he's saying to let it shine in this way. So we need to read the verse prior and find out in what way. 
and he says that a light is put on a candle on a, a, a candle is put on a candlestick or a lamp is put on a lampstand. It, it's it's not hidden away. It's not set on the ground in the corner. Uh, it is put in the best place. Uh, and, and think of it in a time when you know we use candles differently than what they used candles then. If you have a candle in your house right now, it's probably not for lighting. Probably more for mood or for scent, right? Because we usually buy a candle that has some kind of nice smell to it. Uh, we don't necessarily uh, want to gather our. We don't see that little, you know, scentsy candle or whatever it may be as our only source of light. We have electricity. But if you think about it, if you're if you're in a room with no lights and you light a candle and that is your only source of light, you're going to put it in a place where it's going to do the most good. It's going to reach its maximum potential, and that's what Jesus is teaching here to them. And so here are five. Uh, Lessons on discipleship or five uh, descriptions of discipleship. And I have a few things to say for each one of them. And then uh, then we get then a bonus one, which is not number six. It's a bonus. And it's probably because I put the first five there together. And then yesterday I was looking and I was like, oh, there's another one. And then I had a big choice to make. Do I call this number six or do I call this the bonus one? So hopefully it feels like a bonus to you. If not, just scratch it out and write number six. Number one is that discipleship is an active thing. Discipleship is not something that we is is not passive. It's not something that just kind of happens uh, naturally. It's something that we do actively. And it says here that it is displayed. The light is shown through good works, which means we've got to do good works if we're going to be disciples. Now, when we talk about discipleship, I feel like we need to make a bit of a of a distinction between discipleship and discipling. Discipleship is, is, is kind of the overall, I'm following Christ. Discipling is part of, a very big part of discipleship, and that is when I get other people to follow Christ. That's the great commission there. So discipleship in a whole. And part of discipleship, uh, or not part of, but it is good works. It is doing that which God intended for us to do. My actions should display that I follow Christ. And, and it should not be, as I said this morning, only when you know that I'm a Christian, then I need to make sure that my actions follow Christ. But that I am a Christian, my, my actions are going to display Christ. Uh, that means that good works is more than just speech or telling other people. We want to be careful that we don't go to either extreme. Some people would say, well, uh, I'm going to tell people about Christ, but then my actions really... That's not as important, and I focus only on the telling. But then other people will take it to the other extreme and say, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to live it out. It's a phrase uh, you may have heard called lifestyle evangelism, as if I live in such a way without ever saying a word that people are just going to come to me and say, what must I do to be saved? That has not really happened to me before, but at the same time, I don't expect to be able to just walk up to people and get them to believe in something if I if, if they know who I am and not have any kind of track record to see. Does that work for you? Uh, so there's we wanna we wanna employ both. We want to show as well as tell. We want to uh, make sure that we're not guilty of leaving one or the other out. And so uh, discipleship is showing as well as telling. In other words, we are to live out our faith. And one of the best ways I read it in a book yet uh, yesterday I'm reading through a book, and it says that one of the best ways of evangelism is to uh, have uh, to build a relationship 
with someone. And the way you build a relationship with someone is establish with them a pattern of good works. If they think you're a jerk and then you try to talk to them about Jesus, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, they're, they're not going to they're not going to listen. But if you have built up with them a rapport that says, you know what, this guy's different. He doesn't uh, or this gal's different. They don't uh, respond the same way to things. They don't uh, talk about people behind their back. They don't they're not a whiner. They're not a complainer. They're a good worker, whatever it may be. Uh, then that impresses them in such a way that when the time is 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 given to us to talk to them about the gospel, to talk to them about Christ, they're more open to listen to that rather than, hey, I'm the worst worker here. I'm always late. I always leave early. I always complain about the boss. But let me tell you about Jesus and how you can become like me. You know, that, that doesn't really jive. And so uh, that's that's what Jesus is talking about here with this uh, active discipleship. Uh, and, and as I said this morning, that the rest of his sermon builds on this idea or this theme of good works. He's introduced his sermon for these first 16 verses, and he's talked about how that we are blessed, and now how that we are salt, and now that how we are light. And how is salt and light different? Well, uh, we know how salt is different or how it makes things different because we use it a lot in our food and we use it a lot in everyday things. Uh, we know how light is different and how it makes a difference because we use light all the time. How does a Christian make a difference? Well, then that's what the rest of chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, the rest of the gospel is about, is to teach us, specifically though, these last, uh, last 5, 6, and 7, are to teach us, here are ways that you show that Christ has changed you. Here are ways to show that the light has changed you and how you reflect that light to other people. So the first one here is that discipleship is active. Number two, discipleship is public. It is not a private matter. And that's, and that comes from the verse uh, when it talks about lighting it, lighting the candle and then sticking it under a, under a, under a bushel or a basket there. That's, it makes no sense. It's foolish to think so. And that's because discipleship following Christ is a public thing. I have talked to people before and asked them, you know, usually it's, it's when you ask them, you know, are you a Christian? Do you know do you know the Lord? Do you know that you're going to heaven when you die? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Some some sort of that thing. And some people actually get offended that you ask them that, and they will and they will say, you know, that, that's a private matter. It's not something I I I feel comfortable discussing with you. And I think why? Why is that? I mean, if you don't have time, or if you are if you're confused by my question, but if if you're offended by that, I don't think you're part of my family. I don't think you're my brother or my sister. Uh, if you are, if the, and if it's a private matter, I don't think you understand what Jesus teaches about discipleship because discipleship is not for the private uh, individuals. It's not something we do in closed doors in our church and then we do in our homes sometimes, but then everywhere else we you don't tell. We're not undercover. We're supposed to be out there in uh, in plain view and being seen by men uh, and being seen by women, uh, being. Uh, and being reflections of the glory of Christ. Our good works are to be seen by others. And I said there uh, this morning, the Christian life is to be lived on a lampstand. And I think Christ puts us in these positions. I think he's the one in that analogy there, putting it, not hiding it under a bushel, but putting it on a lampstand. It could be the person, it could be the individual, but it's putting ourselves in full view and saying, okay, I'm here, I'm being watched, I'm being looked at. Uh, and in many ways, 
you might feel that way if you've ever been out in a in a place where there there might be one or two people who are hostile to Christians and to maybe not you know not violent but they just they're against it uh, and they're looking for ways to trip you up and looking for your inconsistencies and looking for when you do something wrong when when you laugh at that dirty joke or when you're late to work or when you're sloughing off at the job or whatever it may be uh, they might be looking but that's what it means to be on a lampstand you're there and you're there to give people light and if and I think that if if we would be more intentional if we were if we would go to work, if we'd go to school, if we'd go to the grocery store, we'd go wherever, and we kept it in the in the front of our mind, I'm on the lampstand. I am being seen right now. Uh, and even if they don't see me as a Christian, I am being seen as something that is different. I, I must be different. I must be a benefit. I must be a light. Uh, I think it would really improve. Uh, it would grow us as a Christian, but I think it would improve uh, our, our witness in the in the community. Number three, discipleship is constant. Wherever I go, whenever I go there, the light is supposed to shine. It's not something that we just uh, we use when we when we need it. It's not part of our utility belt. Uh, that's our only thing. We are the light. That's what we are. And lights do no good. Candles do no good unless they're lit. And Jesus uh, is teaching here that that it's a it's a twenty four seven kind of thing. Anyone, and, and it says there in verse numbers um, uh, 15 there, it says it giveth light unto all that are in the house. That means that it's it's not selective either. It's not, well, I'm going to show my light to this person, but not to that person. If they're in the house, they are influenced by the light. It's, that is it's the picture he's trying to paint for us. If that person's in the house, they've been influenced by the light. And if I'm a light and I walk into... A room with you people, you should be influenced that I'm that I'm there by my actions, by doing the things that I do, uh, or by by seeing the things that I do. And and uh, Jesus is teaching here that it's not something that you can just turn on and turn off. Uh, it, it's 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 something that everyone I speak to, everyone I interact with, everywhere I go, whether it be Walmart, whether it be the gas station, whether it be at my home, it ought to be different simply because there's light there. Um, number four, discipleship is obvious. It is as different as light is from darkness. Very obvious. Again, it's not weird. It's not peculiar. You know that Peter, First Peter two nine. There, we're peculiar people. It doesn't mean you're odd and strange, and we need to look different. We need to make sure that we never wear the same clothes as the as the the world, and we never need to wear the same patterns, and we don't need to. Uh, you know, partake in the same activities that they do and eat the same foods that they do. No, no, no. Uh, but we are we are different simply because of who we are. And it's not necessarily who we are, but who Christ has made us to be. Who we are in Christ, and by therefore just being a Christian, I am different than the world because Christ has changed me. I am now light. I am now, uh, I have the light of Christ shining in me, and I can reflect that to other people. So it is it is obvious. And the difference should be definite. It shouldn't be like a subtle difference. Like, oh, I'm kind of different. Oh, there should be a stark night and day difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. Sometimes it's easier to be like everybody else. Sometimes it's just, it's a little inconvenient to be a Christian. Do you agree with me on that? It's just, it's a little inconvenient to do the right thing. It's a little awkward 
to speak up for Christ or to just not go along with the flow when you know that you shouldn't. It's it's easier to just give into the flesh and say, you know what, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. That's what Peter did, right? When Peter was warming himself by the fire, the little girl that said, aren't you one of his followers? It would be so easy just to say, no, I don't need this extra attention right now. This is bad. This is not good. I might end up where Jesus is. And he, and he backed off. And, and we say, oh, Peter, can't believe he did that. But yet, we do it every day. When there's, It's just easier to watch that on television. It's just easier to listen to that. It's just, it's just more convenient uh, to not do the things that I'm supposed to do. And we fall into our little routine, and we found, you know what? When I go to church, I will be a Christian. And when I'm out in the world and people who know I'm a Christian are around, I will be a Christian. But let's not get too crazy and expect me to be a Christian all the time. <laughs> That's how a lot of people act as, as far as their Christianity goes. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's, it's not a, an obvious thing. I'll be like them out there. My dad tells a story, uh, when he was, uh, when he got saved, he worked at a junkyard in Tennessee. And, uh, he was, uh, he, was, he got, he got uh, saved at, at a, at a church service. He, he uh, went back to work on Monday. And he said, he was, I'm walking through the, the yard with my my co-worker. And he said, hey, you'll never guess what happened to me. And uh, he said, well, what? He said, well, I got saved. He said, I can remember the I became a Christian or something. And his buddy's like, no kidding, I am too. And and my dad said he kind of like the look at him. He's like, I would have never guessed he was a Christian. He never spoke about it. And he did things very contrary to what he would expect a Christian to do. And uh, he said, well, that's uh, that's good, I guess. And he says, uh, the, the pastor that uh, at the church I was at told me about, uh, I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go to church. And he says, I go to church. And he thought, well, I would have never guessed where you went to church. And he said, I knew where you were Friday night and I knew where you were Saturday night because I was there with you. But I never would have even thought that you even had the ability to get out of bed and go to church on Sunday mornings based on what we were doing Saturday night. And uh, he said, uh, well, uh, you know, okay. And then he, and he found out that the pastor had recommended him to go to the same church that his buddy went to. And so he then, you know, it was, but it was, uh, it was that type of Christian that, that lived one way and then tried to be something else on the Sunday. And when someone stood up and said, hey, I'm a Christian, and they said, oh, I am too, welcome to the club. I was like, really, you are? I would have never guessed it was you. Uh, but, and that, that's because that, this view that discipleship is kind of optional or discipleship can be subtle or it can be kind of whenever I want it to be. It's an inaccurate view of what it should be. Uh, and the worst part about it is sometimes when we get called out on those things, when we get mad at work, when we lose our temper, when we do something and someone knows you're supposed to be a Christian and that is not what Christians do. And when we get called out on, that's the worst feeling in the world. Think about Peter again. That, that rooster crows, and he realizes, oh no. And Jesus himself calls him out on it. And I don't know that, uh, you know, I think in one of the movies I watched, Jesus was nearby, and Jesus and Peter make eye contact. And, and if that's how it went down, that would have been the worst feeling in the world. Uh, but if it, it was just the realization, knowing that I, you caught me. I, I am not perfect. Uh, and if we we play this game where, like, as long as I don't get caught, all right, I won't act like a Christian. 
But then once you catch me, then I don't know. All right, you caught me. Sorry about that. But if we would just live as, you know what, I'm going to show my Christianity every moment of every day, uh, that, that wouldn't even be a factor. Uh, there should always be a definite difference whenever I shop for groceries, whenever I interact with my friends, whenever I interact with strangers, whenever I interact with my kids, uh, whenever I drive my car. I should drive my car like a Christian. Uh, I should shop. I should be on social media and behave as a Christian. We, we, we tend to isolate these things uh, to our detriment. Uh, and, and the discipleship ought to be very, very obvious. Number five, discipleship is humble. Again, as I said this morning, discipleship is not something that we do, or good works are not things that we do to get praised by people so that others will say, wow, look at what he did, and look at how, uh, how much he has it all together. I don't smile uh, through my, you know, Jesus said rejoice in your persecution there. Uh, I don't do that so that other people will say, man, look at how he can just stay out positive. Man, he's just got that kind of attitude. He can, no, it's like, no, I'm hurting here. I'm persecuted. I am I'm dying over here, but I can rejoice because I have a reward in heaven. Meaning there, it might not get better for me down here. Sometimes I think that's why Jesus lets us go through things down here that don't get any better. So that we can show Hey, I'm dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with, but in a different way. And my situation may not get any better, but I can still be different because of it. Uh, I don't serve a God that I expect to fix all of my problems. And, 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 you know, I think sometimes people out in the world think that, you know, that I think that's why they think that because they'll call us or they'll email and they'll say, Hey, will you pray for so and so? Because they think if you pray, God will fix that. Because you you're in this religion where God can do anything and He'll fix anything that you ask Him to do. But that's just not the case. It's, God doesn't always fix what we ask Him to fix. He doesn't always do what we want Him to do. And when in those times when something horrible happens, tragedy happens, or just something that just is a is a, a burden that we bear, a cross if you will that we bear, that never gets any better, and we still continue to. Uh, be faithful to Christ, and we still continue to uh, have that love and the, the fruit of the Spirit, and we display those things through those tough times, uh, then it's not, oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a wonderful person. It's, God has done this to me, because there's no way that I could deal with this. There's no way I could be upbeat. There's no way I could put a smile on my face by going through these things. Uh, if you've ever been to a, a non-Christian funeral, uh, and and been around the family it's a very different feeling than people who who the family is saved and the person uh that we're remembering is is say was saved and 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 we we have a hope there's a there's a there's a mourning i mean there's loss and there's grieving but it's different there's truth there you know usually if i'm at a funeral like that and the, the the not many people know Christ, or maybe they know just enough to get themselves dangerous. They begin to grasp at straws for hope that they want to have. But then there's a different way when you come to a Christian funeral and you, and you think, you know, it's, it's, we're very sad just because we won't get to see him for a long time. But one day, there's a there's a hope there, and it, and it's 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 this it's this humility of what God has done in and through us. Second uh, Corinthians four seven. I wanted to read that for you. I wrote that down. I wanted to read that. So if you want to turn over there, you can just. Listen to me, I'll read it as soon as I get there. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 7 says, But we, um, well, verse 6, I should have read verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Uh, but, uh, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That's why we deal with what we deal with so that it's, it's God gets all the glory. Uh, as the song says, I think Mark sang it uh, recently, all the glory belongs to Jesus. I'm not trying to steal that. I'm not trying to take that. I'm just simply uh, in awe myself of what Jesus can do through me. All right, bonus. Discipleship is intentional. I follow Jesus with a specific goal in mind. Again, it kind of goes, and it, and it seems to touch in several of these uh, at the same time, but it's an intentional thing. This is not going to happen accidentally. I'm not going to walk into Wegmans and on accident act like a Christian because I have a sin nature in me that accidentally gets the better of me if I'm not watching out. Uh, I have, uh, I'm not going to go to school or go to work or wherever it may be, and it's just going to kind of come out of me and I can't stop. Uh, th- this is going to be uh, something that I do uh, because I want to glorify God. And that ought to be the goal that we have in mind. I want to bring glory to God. When you wake out of bed tomorrow morning, that, 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 that goal, I want to glorify God today. How can I do that? And even some of these questions, that I that I, I gave you there to think about. You know, think about where am I going today? And it's almost it's almost psyching yourself up. All right, I'm going to be here. How am I going to bring glory to God today? There. Uh, and and if we were to get a little bit more intentional about where we are going, even church. Hey, I'm going to church today. We're going to sing some songs. We're going to have an offering. We're going to hear someone sing. Probably. We're going to read the scriptures. We're going to have some preaching. We're going to go home. How can I intentionally worship God today? How can I intentionally give God glory through those things? Uh, how I'm going to go to work tomorrow. How can I give God glory in that? Uh, giving God glory is not just something we do on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and sometimes on Wednesday nights. It's not that at all. It is something we do 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year for the rest of your life. Discipleship is a lifelong, uh, intentional uh, uh, state of being. If you will. Now, this, is not, this is not a comprehensive list. I'm sure if you were to sit down, you could probably come up with a few more things. But here's some... These are just uh, six things here that that uh, that describes that as Christ changes us, we be, we become these things, uh, or we we become salt and light. And to be disciples simply means Christ has made us disciples. We simply need to be the disciples, and the way that we do that is to do what we've been intended to do. You, you've ever heard the phrase, be the church? Don't go to church, be the church. And it's, and, it's, and it's an attempt to try to get people to change their mindset of not just coming to the church because this building is not the church, but we are the church. Sometimes people take that too far and they take that as an excuse like, well, you know, I don't have to go to church. I can just be the church wherever I am. But the idea here of being the church, we, we are the church. We be the church by doing church by doing what the church does. We, we are the body of Christ, and we, we show that by doing the things that the body of Christ does. Uh, we, do, we are disciples, and we show that by doing what Jesus did. We, we follow Jesus. Uh, as you be who you are by doing what you're made to do. We live out as the body of Christ by doing what Jesus taught us to do, by following the example that he laid out in Scripture, by obeying, the, by obeying his word. We study it, and as we learn things, we say, I'm going to do that. And, you know, some of these things, it's almost that we've become too familiar with them as we read through them. And, and, and we say, okay, I'm, I know that, I know that, I know that. But if we were to say, you know what, okay, here's this. 
I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to try to get this done. As I said this week, you know, it's just kind of, it kept in the back of my mind all week long about being intentional, being intentional about being a Christian, being being out there a little bit more and, and trying to display uh, a, a love, and trying to display not a uh, standoff for me and I'll be friendly and kind and outgoing as soon as you find out that I'm a pastor. But until then, you know, let's keep an arm's distance. And, and I tried to, you know, bridge that gap a little bit more and, and be a little bit more open and friendly. And, you, you know, and I'm not saying you can, you know, you'll be 100% all the time. But if we were to focus on these things or as we get into the sermon and we see, here's this, and Jesus is talking about this, and we say, okay, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing this this week, really focusing on that, bringing glory to God in this specific way, I think it would, t- it would take us. It would take us a long way. And this is this is why it's so important for us to know what Jesus taught so that we can live it out. And that's why it's important we, we for Sunday school and for daily Bible reading and things like that so we learn what Jesus teaches and what God expects so then that we can then do what he expects. So uh, I would like for you to take some time this week, some time, and go through these questions and really think about uh, this. You know, the first one there. Think about all the places you went yesterday and and. and, and where you went, could you honestly say? Now, if you do it yesterday, if you do it tomorrow, it'll be a whole lot easier to answer this because you were here today. If you wait, if you do it tonight, I'm not sure what you did Saturday, but uh, so maybe wait till tomorrow because then I'll make the question a lot easier to answer. But could you honestly say that wherever you went, you shared the light of Christ? When you went to work. Did did I share the light of Christ? If Jesus was standing there judging us with his clipboard, and he's saying, "All right, did you did you reflect the light today?" Or did you just kind of go through the motions and miss an opportunity? You went to the grocery store. You went to the gas station. You went to the library. Wherever it was, did you let your light shine? No. <laughs> and and he, great, he does not grade on a curve. And he does not have any gimmies. He's going to be very truthfully honest. And if we would be honest uh, with ourselves, I think that uh, it would at least help us to be more intentional about it the next time. Thinking about it where we're going to go today or where we're going to go the next day and and trying to be a little bit more intentional about uh, where we're going. Uh, number three, this is why I don't want to discuss this right now. Uh, number three, can you think of a time when you were tempted to hide off that light of embarrassment or convenience? Uh, out of embarrassment or everything? I don't want to, you know, make anybody. I, I've done enough confessing for today, okay? So I don't need anybody, we don't need anybody else doing that. But uh, there are times, and if we would go back to those times in our mind and say, okay, how could I have fixed that? How could I have done that a little bit better? Because more often than not, that situation is going to pop up again. And if we, if we say, okay, last time, I think that I should have done this a little bit better. I don't keep repeating the same mistakes. Uh, it's attributes of salt and light. And then, uh, number five there, what are some specific ways we can actively shine the light at work, shine the light at home, shine the light anywhere we go, and be that light and, and do what light was created to do. Uh, and so t- just take some, some time and maybe think through these things. I really enjoy this, this, that I never really looked at the Sermon on the Mount as a discipleship sermon, and, but as I read through this once again, I, I, I keep that theme in mind, and, it, and it, there's so much there as we're following Christ, and we see that uh, He expects certain things from us. And as we, even tonight, as we reflected on the Lord's Supper, reflected on communion, we think all that He did for us, He doesn't really ask you that question. And we compare the two. And uh, I uh, hope that you'll get an extended blessing out of it as you come back to meditate on it, think on it. Next week, we will kind of begin the main meat of the sermon and break it down into chunks. Let's pray.